Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Two things. One, I would like to apologize for this being out so late. I had to go into work early yesterday, so I kind of spaced on everything. <laughs> so here it is for you now. Also, Nick and I got way too comfortable with our mic arms apparently because there are so many microphone bumping noises in this episode that I couldn't cut out. So also would like to apologize for that. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Moon and Sun Podcast. Welcome to the Moon and Sun Podcast. I'm Shay. And I'm Nick. And I didn't know we were recording. And we have a guest speaker today. I am Christina. She's my sister. Okay, today Nick will be talking about something a little bit naughty, and I. It's not <laughs> naughty. I'm talking about something pointy. Pointy. <laughs> Bowling and mine is Bowling versus Athame. And Nick is uh, talking about. Not magic. Like I said, naughty. Mm, of course I am. Okay, uh, I'll just go first. Okay, so what is a Bowling and an Athame? They are both knives. Anathame, <laughs> you know, in really shitty, uh, like, bridal speeches, they'll be like, Webster's Dictionary defines love as... Is that what you're going to be like for my wedding? No. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines athame <laughs> as a black-handled double-edged dagger that is used in some neo-pagan and Wiccan rituals. It is not sharp. It is a ceremonial blade used in ritual to direct energies. You can use it to open and close the circle as well. Original use of it was recorded. Recordedly? I don't actually think that's a word. Reportedly used by the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, a secret society that was disbanded in 1904. Jesus Christ, not 1492. Sorry, you're turning red. Oh. So I'm adjusting it when I see red. Good idea. <laughs> okay. uh, red means it's cutting out. Yeah. Because it's too much for the microphone to handle. <laughs> <laughs> You're too much for anyone to handle, sister. Oh, Christina, look at your laugh. Loud and obnoxious. As usual. <sighs> I should do a episode on the hermetic order of the golden dawn sometime um it is one of the eight tools of witchcraft spoken about by gerald gardner who is the father of wicca along with the sword the bowling the wand a pentacle a censer which is apparently incense cords and a scourge which is a ceremonial whip <gasps> i know s n m um, what do you, you yeah, you, oh shit, I need to turn my phone on. <laughs> also acceptable is the 13. <laughs> That's because when I write fast, I write like this. Also acceptable is the 13 ritual tools, which includes those eight plus the necklace, the bell, the besom, the cauldron, and the chalice. Obviously, none of these are needed. In Celtic. Celtic? Jesus fucking Celtic? Christ. 
I'm going to blame the mimosas. In Celtic myth, they used also a sword, a spear, a shield, and a cauldron, which sounds a little more my bag. Um, in eclectic forms of witchcraft, the handle decor ranged from astrological glyphs to runes instead of boring black. And can we talk about how awesome it would be for me to have like some Leo constellations on mine along with some runes? Ooh. Right? Right? Maybe some jewels. Well, now I need to have a Scorpio one and then... Yeah. Runes. Runes. I can put Uru's on there for my world domination. I'm scared. Taking over the fucking world. She All because so of the Uru's rune. I will be dead by then. No, you won't. I will let you live. I would want to be dead by then. Because <laughs> 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 it's hard to deal with you now. Uh, add the world, add the like the world domination power to that too. We're all done. No, we'll survive. We will survive, but not. You'll great. just all hate me because it'll be like my Leo energy. Oh my gosh, and nothing has ever changed. Plus, plus <laughs> world domination. I currently don't have world domination. I know, but then you'll be ordering us around Hell if we yeah, live. Yeah, I will. <laughs> See, I'd rather be dead. Okay, well, I'll make, yes, because I'll make, I can say no to her now. No, it'll be different. I'll make well, yeah. Okay, I'll make you the hand of the king, so you can be my advisor. I'd be like, um, calm down, bitch. <laughs> this is how it's gonna go. And I'll make you a peasant. <laughs> I can't make you in charge of money. That's not a good idea. No, you would have be broke. Yeah, you'd be so broke. I'll make you in charge of something. You'll you'll have an office. She'll be the enforcer. In my how about that? She's not I will scary. will be in charge of the children. Okay, I'll let you run a medieval daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> not after that laugh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, some ceremonial witches use the colors purple and yellow to represent the elements of air and water. Why do you say water like that? Um, it's often used to cast a circle. Like I said, the athame represents the element of fire since the blade is forged in fire. Therefore, some witches view a circle cast with an athame as a circle of etheric fire. Dun, dun, dun. I picture like burning purple fire or like the blue hellfire from Sabrina. Like, I don't know. Combine both of those colors together. Yeah, like a in deep the purple. Fire. Like a deep purple. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh. This fire is traditionally envisioned as blue, indigo, or purple. <laughs> 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 it's been like three weeks since I recorded this or wrote this down, so I don't even remember what I put on here. Um, many then purify the ritual circle with the other elements, water. And then incense for air, salt for earth. Sea salt can be used for earth and water. P.S. If ritualing outside, maybe not salt or not very much salt because it will kill the earth. Five is good. Five is what it should be on. Uh, yeah, salt will make your earth barren. So Very barren. Barely use any salt if you're going to do it on earth that you would like to grow stuff in. Like, you can't even grow grass in it. So The athame can be used... To invoke the elemental guardians of the four directions. It is a masculine principle and can be used in ritual with, say, a chalice, which is the feminine nature, to encompass the duality of man and woman. 
It is associated with the sun and horned god, a deity of Wiccan faith, the chalice, moon, and goddess. You can use the other tools. You can use other tools. Some believe these two together hold a greater power, being water and fire. The athame is the most important ritual tool in Wicca, and it is often purified and consecrated to the gods before being used. Note to self, it is dull. It is not sharp. You cannot cut anything with it. The most you can do with it is carve into your candles for your candle magic. Now the bowline. It is a knife as well, often <coughs> white-handled or bone-handled. Okay, it is a knife, often white-handled, and uh, similar to a sickle carved on one side of a blade. Um, it is carved and a one-sided blade. It can also have a bone handle, which is what I want my bowling to have, is a bone handle. Um, okay. Bones of all the people I destroy when I become a ruler? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, some people argue about whether it is actually, like, there's, like, some that look like a crescent moon. They're that much of a sickle. Ooh. But some people disagree. Your... Damascus steel blade. Is it curved on the end? Or is it no. straight? Okay. I found a Damascus steel one that's curved on the end, so it's like yeah. a straight blade and then it's like a curved pickle. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, or some, because like, people argue about whether the one that is slightly curved or the one that is a crescent moon is proper... I like the symbolism because of death having his sickle, which is a full-on sickle, while in death, and those who walk the boundaries of the world carry the bowline, therefore they must be different. So it's like, because you walk the boundaries between life and death. Mm -hmm. It has to be different. It. Um, that way you can, like, use it to carve yourself through both. Carve yourself? Ooh. Not like... I know. Head, yeah. Um, some have a fully crescent moon one as their bow lane. It, it, it is a descendant of an agricultural cutting tool used throughout Europe and the world. In England, the birthplace of the Golden Dawn and Wicca, these tools were used in farming. It historically is in the class of an everyday tool used for cleaning brush working with plants and general form of labor the tools vary from place to place size and shape in british military history you have the kukri uh you have the kama from japanese martial arts and the parang of the philippines and the machete here in america um, due to this, the pagan relevance of the bowling is that it ties us to our history as people who are part of the land. First, it is a tool. Second, it reminds us of the necessary harvest and the simple truth that good hedges make good neighbors. Fuck yes. More than even this, <laughs> through its links to the harvest, the bowling represents cyclical death. It represents the agricultural understanding of death as necessary to life and pruning as a necessity for the health of the whole. I'm going to beat you up. So all this concluded, the bowling represents both the opening of the barrier to the land of the dead, also the maintenance of the barrier itself. So what that means is 
The difference is one is sharp, one is not. One is two-sided, one is not. The bowling is really cool because if you don't... The sickle one is cool. The, like, crescent moon one is cool. But the downside is you can't, like, carry it on your person. And a typical bowling you could carry in, like, a thigh sheath. And mm-hmm. then use it to, like, cut your herbs that you're going to use for ritual. Oh, And, okay. like, imbue it with that magic. So I need that one. Yeah. That one you can use and imbue it with magic that way. The athame is not sharp. So. Oh, so if you, you stab someone it. with the athame, it'll hurt. Yeah, it'll hurt Because it's not sharp. Yeah, it's not sharp at all. When we go home, you should take mine and fiddle with it. Oh, yeah. I know yours is not sharp at all. Yeah, it's not supposed to be. No. It's only used for carving candles and shit. Mm-hmm. All right, that is all I have for the Athame. Resources. Lean, damn it. Did you not do resources? No, I did do them. I just, I was the one who was like, we gotta do these. And now I can't ever fucking remember to do it. Okay, I got information from groveandgrotto.com. As well as pathos.com, the other side of the hedge, the bowling. I feel like I wrote Wikipedia on here somewhere, too. Wikipedia! Found it. It doesn't matter. You're not a reliable source. Now, Nicholas can get naughty and talk about not magic while I drink more mimosas before we record the next episode. Oh, my God. The act of nodding is a ritual whereby you are literally tying part of yourself into a spell along with other ingredients. It's a way of providing and justifying your belief and faith in the magic you wish to happen. Boom. Not magic requires a piece of string. A witch may choose to use twine, yarn, thread, or ribbons, anything she or he has on hand. Any piece of string may be used. Some witches have a dedicated stash, or you can use any old bit you find around. Though it is a good idea to cleanse it first to make sure it doesn't have any energies that could interfere interfere with your spell. Some witches use bundles or braids of string. You gotta cleanse that shit before you use it. Just be safe. You gotta cleanse everything. I know. Many witches will choose a cord in a color that corresponds to their purpose. But some just used one color, usually black or white, for all purposes. Often the cord is tied nine times, but not always. Sometimes a number is chosen using numerical symbolism, and sometimes it is chosen to represent a specific concept or amount. Many, many knots are tied as a sort of meditation practice. As each knot is tied, the intention that you are meditating upon is further bound to the cord. These may even be decorative and worn as jewelry or hung in the home. Pause. Okay, what? sneeze. It was not, it's not coming. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for Nick to sneeze on the podcast because when he sneezes, he says, Bless you! 
but he hasn't done it yet. One of these days it might happen. <laughs> there are as many different specific methods for casting a not magic spell as there are magic users. The defining factor is that at least one knot is tied in the course of the spell and the knot serves as a representation or container for the spell. Knot magic spells are often binding spells as the as the symbolism of tying a knot suits the symbolism of restricting or controlling activity quite well. One may use the tying of the knot to symbolize tying the hands of an individual whose actions are help, helpful or binding someone's mouth shut. For these spells, a piece of string from a person's clothing or even a braided lock of their hair can be used. But binding spells aren't as often used against individuals as ideas and natural phenomena phenomena not magic can be used in healing spells to bind pain or inflammation temporarily to allow the patient to get some rest or to be moved or fed once this is achieved the knot can be untied to allow the natural healing process to resume the knot serves as a sort of container for magic. When the knot is untied, the magic is released. While tied, the knot may serve as an amulet containing the magic in its immediate vicinity as well as within itself. Or the person in the possession of the knot may benefit from its residual energy. When the knot is untied or cut, the magic is either lost or released into the universe to do its thing. Since knot can be since a knot can be untied, a knot can therefore be given an off switch by its creator. Simply untie the knot and the spell is broken. This must be specified upon its creation. Not, not magic has traditionally been used by sailors to bind winds, untying a knot to stir up a wind. Generally, three knots were used. The first, untied, would cause gentle wind. The second, a strong wind. And the third would release a hurricane. This spell is still used today. That's probably why we have hurricanes. It's like Hermes's jug, his thermos full of wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to watch Percy Jackson. That's a good movie. I know. In the story of the Gordian Knot, Alexander, Alexander the Great untied or cut the untieable knot and released its king, making power from the descendants of Gordians to himself. The knot of Hercules is said to have great healing powers. If the bandage surrounding a wound is tied with this knot, it is said to heal faster. Oh. It, okay. Ancient Greek and Astrian texts in, 
include a wide range of knotting rituals for be for binding the desired outcome into the spell. One Assyrian spell instructs how to tie a knot discreetly into your shawl as you recite the name of the solar god so that when you enter to the king's chamber he will forever he will favor you above all others a greek love spell asks that you weave hemp and redwood knot it 14 times and at each knot recite a magic spell Finally, the cord is tied around your waist to attract a lover or to end it incite desire. Nodding lapis lazuli colored cord into the hem of your robe would also ensure princess and royalty would bless you with prosperity. Okay, well, I don't know what peasants have the money to buy enough lapis lazuli to crush it down and put it in your braiding just to have the princess like you, because that shit was expensive. There's a reason there's a poor man's lapis lazuli. You buy sodalite when you can't afford to buy lapis. <laughs> That's probably what they're talking about then. Uh, no, they're probably talking about lapis. I know. In ancient times, that was like the thing. Then they probably stole it. Probably. Definitely probably stole it. But they were like, hey, princess, and then stole it from her and then used it to get her favor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I stole from you. Can you give me money now? I'd be like, you saw nothing. <laughs> According to folklore in late 19th century England, a witch's letter was found in an attic in Somerset along with a group of brooms and chairs. Believed to be the venue of a witch's coven, the latter was made up of a length of twine with bird's feathers inserted along its length. Okay, its purpose still a mystery, but the idea took hold as part of the popular revival of all things supernatural and witch's ladders became an essential tool in spellmaking. Witches' ladders are fun, but uh, I don't use them. Earlier ladder spells can be found as far back as ancient Egypt, Greece, and Rome. Talismans, amulets, feathers, coins, and personal items were woven into knots to reinforce specific desired outcomes. Egyptian fi fishermen knotted fish skins into a length of rope to promote favorable weather. When the skins dried out, new fish skins were inserted to invoke beneficial winds. In ancient Eastern traditions, jade and other precious gemstones were knotted into women's girdles to ensure sexual fertility and marriage. And that is what I have. Oh, on, did you put the chicken in? And that's what I have on knot magic. Cool. For now. For now. <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing to do is, like, use knot magic with, like, your tennis shoes. And then you can weave things to help you with, like, balance and shit. If well, you fall I don't need that. You need that. Yeah. She needs it more than I do. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Well, Unless no, because yep. I still have to do my re 
my resources. Yes. Sources. Sources. So I got uh, sources are Not Magic by Sarah Bartlett, Wikipedia.com. Bro, I need to check out Wikipedia. Wikipedia. (laughs) Also. And that those are the sources I used. Woo! I didn't even know there was a Wikipedia. Yes, you did. You told me about Wikipedia. I told you about Murderpedia. Oh yeah, I found Wikipedia. Yeah, no, I told you about Murderpedia. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a Wikipedia too. That's because you spilled your mimosa. Shh. Don't drink my mimosa. <laughs> I know. I bet. Samezies. <clears throat> yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Blame it on yeah. the pillow. We need to make we need to make her some non clumsy, not magic. I need the no spill drink cups. You, you need sippy cups for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Moon and Sun. We are found on Instagram at Moon and Sun Podcast. All lowercase. All one word. And Gmail. Moon and Sun Podcast at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. That is correct. <laughs> um, also, if you go to the Anchor app, you or anchor.fm, you can leave us a voice message or send us a freaking email. What? You can leave voice messages? Yeah. They can go to Anchor and go to our podcast and leave us, leave us voice messages. I did not know they could do that. I should not have said that in front of her. Well, great. Now she's going to leave dirty voice messages. Right? I'm going to be like, yes, we got tons of voice messages, and they're going to be all Christina. You're welcome. That's uh, what little sisters are for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Moon and Sun Podcast. We will talk to you later. And don't forget your coffee.